Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast, Get a Bucket. I'm your host, Trey. Thank you. I always appreciate the love and support. I really, truly do. I hope you all are having a wonderful week. I know I am. And also, it's two days away from Sunday, which is the last dance, episode seven and eight. Hope you all stay tuned. Now, I wanted to make a quick little announcement. Ahmad Arbery, he was recently gunned down and he was jogging in a Georgia neighborhood and his he was shot by a father and son because they thought he was robbing a house. I just want to, and he's an African-American male, I just want to say I'm tired of seeing these stories hit. For starters, whether or not he was African-American or not, I'm, I hate these stories. We got to stop killing each other. We got to stop promoting violence and all this stuff. It's selfish. It's stupid. It's unnecessary. They could have very easily called the police and just waited and sorted all this stuff out. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, for starters, I want to like send my condolences out to the Arbery family. And, again, please, let's stop the killing. Promote a lot more, please, please. Quarter one, we're going to talk to y'all about NBA coaching. We're going to start it off with Tom Thibodeau. That's right, Tom Thibodeau. He might be returning as the head coach, and they're eyeing the Nets and the Rockets as some possible destinations. I don't think Thibs, honestly, should be the Nets' priority. Maybe the Rockets, as they need a defensive-minded coach, but not the Nets. Again, on one of my earlier episodes, I said that should be Mark. Uh, that should be held for Mark Jackson. Now, Tom Thibodeau, for those of y'all who don't remember, he was on the Bulls when they had D. Rose during the MVP years. So, oh, I'm sorry, MVP year. Now, he was also on the Wolves when he had when they had Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. On the Bulls, they were a lot more successful than the Wolves. And what I realized from that was, one, Thibs likes to run his team to the ground and ragged. Like, they, they play a lot, and they play a lot of hard-nosed defense. On the Wolves, he had a lot of stars, young talent, and he didn't know how to manage that properly. I, I feel as though so I don't think he needs to go that I think he needs to go to the Rockets where they have something kind of similar to the Bulls but probably double because you have James Harden and Russell Westbrook two MVP caliber players and that's more reminiscent to the Bulls because you just had D Rose and you had a couple quality players so again I think he needs to actually stick with the Rockets opposed to the Nets Nets please go for Mark Jackson Mike D'Antoni is good with coaching this year if the NBA resumes. Now, why is that big? For starters, I just mentioned that another coach, Tom Thibodeau, might be taking the Rockets' head coaching position. And yet, I'm talking about Mike D'Antoni. Why is that confusing? Well, he might be on the outs. This is not a Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson scenario where if Mike Jack if Mike D'Antoni doesn't win the championship, he won't have his job. I'm pretty sure that would happen. Like he would keep his job. However, Mike is on the outskirts potentially, like this could be his last year. And why is him coaching this year if the NBA resumes so significant? He is almost 70 years old, and we all know the coronavirus is attacking people, like elderly people. So if you're, I'm assuming, in the 65-plus range, definitely 70s, you're, it's affecting you. If you have a respiratory issue, you know it's going to affect you. And again, he's 69 years old. However, he is willing to take that risk. I don't think he should, though, because what happens if something severely happens? I don't, I'm not trying to speak this into existence, but what happens if, let's say, the Rockets get deep into the playoffs and then he gets gravely ill or perishes? You know what I'm saying? Like, how is that going to affect the Rockets? How is that going to affect the NBA season? I don't think, unless unless we can have secure like situations, unless we know what, how this virus is actually affecting folks, I don't think we should resume the NBA. I commend him for wanting to coach, but 
I don't think we should. Quarter two. We're going to talk to you about Jordan's beefs, past and present. I know it's quite a few, right? But one of his friends, and we all know and love, Charles Barkley. He has a little beef with Jordan. And long story short, Barkley called Jordan's inner circle kiss asses. And he predicated that towards it being in reference to like Jordan's ownership. Jordan's not been the best owner, ladies and gentlemen. Let's not re like let's not forget this. Okay, he had the Bobcats. Now there are the Hornets, and they just have not been good. They, they had Kimball Walker as their best player, and that was it. Like that was legit. It Michael K. Gilchrist they drafted with the number two pick. Jordan's known for draft, and he didn't pan out too well, or at least he has not yet. Kwame Brown, we all know Jordan picked him with the number one pick. I'm just saying, we're not seeing a lot out of Jordan. And I can't fault Charles for saying that. Like, I can't, I could, if his inner circle knows anything about basketball, which it does because he, it consists of Charles Oakley, who is a Hall of Famer. He played with Jordan at one point and he eventually went to the Knicks. Now, that's no slouch in terms of resume. Like, his is vastly better than mine. But I'm assuming I could tell him, hey, Jordan, you might not want to draft this kid. You might want to look elsewhere, player. Like, I can't fault Barkley for saying that. And the only thing I can say is they both need to have a discussion and they need to be adults. They both are seeming a little bit petty right now. And that's the main thing I think. Like, I don't find too much fault with Barkley. Craig Hodges is a former teammate of Jordan. He was actually having a little beef with him, like his teammate, right? So he stated three points that I kind of understand his side. The cocaine story. I don't think Jordan should have said that one. I think he could have kept that to the vest. It's funny to hear, but at the same time, his teammates' families were kind of hyped to hear about, you know, their father or their husband playing with Jordan. Now they got to find out that, okay, well, he was dealing with cocaine, weed, and women. You might have to explain that to the family. That's kind of tough. Also, Scottie Pippen being called selfish. I don't want to be called, I don't want to call Scottie selfish. I want to call him desperate because he didn't know what his career was going to be. He was injured and he signed that seven-year, $18 million contract. And then he tried to strong arm the organization into changing his contract into making it a bigger one because he outplayed his $18 million contract, which, you know, is understandable. So, but again, he was desperate. That was a little bit ignorant on his part. I don't want to call him selfish. Now, the coup de grace is Horace Grant. He's, again, Jordan's teammate, all-star, one-time all-star at least, and a multiple-time champion. He was accused of leaking privileged information into the book called The uh, Jordan Rules. Now, I don't think that book really... Hurt the, Jordan, hurt the Jordan Bulls team at all, but I think it hurt Jordan and Horace Grant's relationship, which caused a little friction. But I don't know if Horace Grant said any, said all this stuff because, yes, Horace Grant had, did have a close relationship with the author of the book and the reporter at that time, but there's no confirmation that Horace Grant exactly said things. And also, chances are this reporter had to get a second source to just to confirm this. Like, that, that's my thought. So, again... I kind of see Craig's point and why he has beef with Jordan, but he needs to calm it down a little bit. Have time. Grab your popcorn, grab some water, grab some soda, whatever you need to do, even just bathroom break. But just don't leave the show. We're going to talk to y'all about a little MMA in terms of Tony Ferguson and Justin Gagey, where they are the interim lightweight champs starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, at least the interim lightweight um title belt and this was actually going to be a good one i looked at some highlights i'm not a boxing fan uh, mma like enthusiast but i do watch the sport and i gotta say this one's going to be really good because both of them can take a hit both of them are patient both of them apply pressure consistently so they're di they're similar styles i actually think ferguson might win this one simply because he just looks like a different animal like 
Gagey almost went down against another individual, and I didn't see that same type of defensive style from Ferguson. Like, Gagey takes a lot of risk, and I think Ferguson's actually going to capitalize on it. So, again, hope you all stay tuned. I know I will because sports is a little bit back, baby. Quarter three. I'm going to talk to y'all about why I think the NBA might make a Zion rule at some point in time. Let's go down the list real quick. Wilt Chamberlain, he had the free throw plane rule where you can't cross the free throw line when shooting. Yeah, that rule's because of him. He used to shoot the ball and would just catch it, two steps, dunk. Like, easy, right? And then also the inbounding over the backboard. They got rid of that because apparently that like that was a rule, of the, that was a play that Wilt Chamberlain and his team had because it was unstoppable for them. Now, for Jordan, you the NBA removed hand checking. Unstoppable to guard him now, right? Like, it's tough. Why am I mentioning those two players? Zion is a freak of nature athlete, and he is unstoppable. Like he's marketable. It's insane. And you can also bring in the fact of the NBA loves marketing their freak of nature players. Again, Giannis Antetokounmpo loved to bring, love to market his ass. LeBron James, we already know about that. Kobe Bryant, like we get all that. You know, it's a Shaq. Like we can go down the list. And there are plenty of times we have seen the NBA intervene in things. So the Cavs against the Warriors in 2016, they intervened. The Heat against the Spurs in 2013, they intervened. The Lakers against Portland and the Kings in 20 uh, 2002. I don't sleep too much over the Lakers losing. Or over the Lakers getting that one, to be honest. But stuff like that can be a bad look on the league. And I bring up Zion again because uh, those were like freak of nature athletes, right? Zion is the next big Thing. And I think he's going to overtake Giannis in like three to four years. So why not make some rules that are going to highlight and showcase Zion even more for the fans? More marketability, more revenue means happier executives, like a better, a, a nicer Adam, Adam Silver. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's getting getting nicer because Zion's being marketed as the next big thing. So. I think we might see a Zion rule coming. I don't know what it would be. Um, I think you're gonna highlight less fouls maybe. Um, just make it, again, safer for him because you do want to prolong his career. So again, ladies and gentlemen, be on the lookout for a potential Zion ruling. I mean, a Zion rule. And don't be surprised because history does repeat itself. Quarter four. I like this one a lot because it's going to talk about KD returning in 2020. But guess what, though? It's still 2020. We have a possibility of the greatest player. That's right. I said it. The greatest player in the game to return to his team. And on top of that, you get Kyrie Irving back. Now, the Nets are the seventh seed in the playoffs. If the playoffs start today, the Nets will be the seventh seed. That's doable. Like, that's that's completely workable. You have Kevin Durant back, Kyrie back. The team's been okay. You can get to the finals and actually win. However, should Kevin Durant come back? That is the question because we did just see not too long ago, literally not too long ago, where Kevin Durant goes down. Achilles injury. Like, did, did we forget that? I didn't. And I think that's a big-ass con. Like, you could further escalate the injury. Now, a pro is, again, the best player returns, which makes basketball that much better. Like, that much better. And it's already been a good season so far. And he can improve the, and he can improve the Nets team, 
possibly get a ring and escalate himself, elevate himself on the GOAT listing. Like if 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 Kevin Durant lists or rattles off like three rings here, I'm sorry, but you gotta put him in the GOAT discussion at that point. You have to. So a lot is riding on Kevin Durant coming back. And I think if you extend the season because of the coronavirus into let's say like August, September time frame, he might have enough time to get back into game shape. And we've seen him dunking and little highlights and all this stuff. I get it. But there's a difference, right? You've got to get in the game shape. you got to shake the rust off, all that good stuff. So I want him to return to selfish. Fan in me wants him to return. But I don't know if it's going to be the best thing for him. We'll have to wait and see. He knows his body best. And if the doctors say he's good to go, and if he feels 100% certain, no bullshit, that he can go, he needs to return because the game has missed him greatly. All right, everybody, that's all the time I have for you all. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. I really and truly do appreciate it. I hope you all stay tuned for the next episode. Please continue to subscribe to the podcast. Tell anybody who's anybody. Please continue to follow the IG page at getabucket underscore pod. Give me any feedback that you want. I, I really always appreciate it. Like, I always want to make the show better for you guys. And I'm trying to improve it all the time. So, again, hope you all are having a wonderful time. Enjoy your weekend. It's a little bit rainy right here for me. Hope it gets a little better. Hope it's a little better for you guys. And again, The Last Dance, episode seven and eight. Stay tuned. All right, see y'all.